Hey, it's episode two of How I Got This Gig. Today on the program, TV commercial director Jesse Sanko. Jesse talks about how he transitioned from an art director to a TV commercial director, plus how to position your portfolio to better market yourself. And he also shares some tips for working with talent. Let's hit it. Hey, welcome to the show. Dean Rainey here with me. Berman Lamb. Lamb. Yeah. yeah. Berman, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Season two. We're, we're well into it now. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Very excited. This is, uh, this is our first one, right? First episode? Well, this is our second episode. Second. The last one was you and I kind of uh, right, so this bantering is the, back and forth. This and is the first one with the guests that we're, we're interviewing. That's right. Yeah. All we right. talked with Jesse Sanko. So how do you know Jesse? Uh, Jesse and I are from the same small town up here in Canada. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, I'm talking about a real small town, 3,000 people, right? You come down here. You hate to come down here, but you do come down here. I only come down for you, Dean. That's right. Well, there's not much <laughs> else to come down here for. <laughs> but anyways, Jesse lives in the same town as I do. Right. And he's a director. Yeah. And he does most of his gigs in Toronto. Toronto. So he travels back and forth? Yeah. Well, he says in the interview that I think he goes to Toronto about two or three days a week. You know, with technology, you can do a lot of stuff remotely. At his house, he does a lot of the prep and that. Yeah. From there, uh, sometimes he brings some stuff down to shoot around here too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uses a location or something, but uh, yeah, all, all his work is in is in Toronto because there isn't a lot of TV com- commercial production work down here yeah. where we are. Yeah. I, well, I, I've personally never met Jesse, but uh, just through this interview, seems like a very humble guy. Yeah, nice guy. Yeah, smart. Smart. And you know, the one thing I, I do like about him, and I feel like a lot of people can learn as you listen to it, is that he's very humble, and he's always in a state of learning more. And I think for any director out there, you know, if you have the mentality of, I can always learn more and better improve my craft, you'll get somewhere. Yeah, he's on a journey for, for sure. Mm. He thinks it's not moving as fast as, as it should be, but I think he's doing just fine, that the steps and the progression that he's made in his career, because I think he's pretty intentional by what he decides, what he's going to do, and what he's not going to do. Yeah. He talks about that a little bit. Absolutely. And I think this, this, uh, this particular interview... Uh, I was very interested in because it really hits home in terms of directing. You know, there's a lot of stuff I can relate to. And, uh, you know, he, he does a lot of commercials where he, he works with a lot of uh, professional actors. Yeah, talent. Talent. Where you and I, our talent in the past, we were all just individual, real people. It's amateurs. Amateurs. They were like, yeah. okay, yeah, I'll be in your spot and kind of thing. And then we have to work with that. And that was challenging. You know, Because sometimes, you know, the client's like, we want to be authentic. So let's get a real so-and-so. Well, a real so-and-so does not really appear to be as much of that as an actor playing that role. Right. And Maybe. when they say authentic, that means we want to save some money. Exactly. They, we want to <laughs> save some money. Or politically, this person's connected to the project and we'd like to feature them. Yeah. And I think uh, there's pros and cons. I think uh, from my experience, using real real talent, so to speak, uh, the pro is you're, you get real talent. You get yeah. the, the flavor and sometimes and sometimes it doesn't work out. Uh, but the challenge is there's no input coming from them. Versus where you get a professional actor, they'll come in and actually add a little bit more. They'll bring something. Yeah, they'll bring some depth to the character that, that they're playing and stuff like that. And it really helps. But with, uh, with real people, they don't have any acting experience. All it is is just me telling them, this is how I would act 
I'll do it once. Now you just repeat it. Yeah, I mean, Jesse talks about that, right? Like line reading for the talent. Yeah. And as he was saying that, I was like, yeah, ooh, I've had to do that many times because you're just there with someone who just does it. They don't even know what a mark is or where to stand or where to consistently stand. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they keep moving forward into the, into the lens out of focus or whatever. <laughs> and in my mind, it's like, there's a mark on the floor. What do you think that's for? Yeah, just use just that. But they there. don't know. And, and sometimes it's hard because they come in. There's no time to give them a one-on-one on yeah. how to how a, how a set works. Yeah. And so then, of course, when it comes to the performance, you know, you're, you're sometimes feeding them lines. Which... Absolutely. And that's a challenge, right? You have to, to put ourselves in their position to understand how they're perceiving everything. And then based on that, you direct them understanding their situation, which is a lot more challenging. We're not more challenging, but very different from uh, uh, directing a, a real talent who has uh, acting experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that because they usually bring something that you would not expect. And you're like, oh, that's even better than I thought. Great. Let's roll with that. Although there are some amateur talents that are great. My dad is one of them. Because I can feed him a line and he will just nail it right back to me exactly how I wanted it. Yeah. He's, he's just like, he has he's no like experience a robot. Whatsoever. No, it, but, it, but he's freed by that. Uh-huh. He's just like, what do you want me to do? Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> so he's just willing to do whatever. Yeah. And, okay. and, and he does that not even with stuff I've done. He's done other media. Yeah. Where the reporters just said, hey, can you say something like this, blah, blah, blah. And he'll just give it back to them exactly the way they did it. And they're like, yeah, okay, that's perfect. But I think go. your family has an advantage because your mom's in theater, right? Yeah, but my dad is not. But she, at he's all. probably no, been. No, no, really. No. It's coming from a place where he is so lacking in that area <laughs> that it makes it like he can do it because he okay. just has. No, right. He's not even thinking about it. He's not even thinking about no, it. No, he's just robot repeat. Yeah. If it works for you, it's great. If it doesn't, perfect. too bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, we have to work with talent uh, and some amateur talent and everything. Uh, there are times that we have to get in front of the camera. Yeah. How well, do you feel about that? It's fun, but at the same time, it depends. Like I, I enjoy it if there's someone directing me. Yeah. If if I'm trying to figure out what it is, I I kind of tend to hold back and don't really do anything. I just sit there and. Right. Right. So like when you're directing me, I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. You get some encouragement. Yeah. You know you can take some chances or go or go further or pull it back or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Or else you don't know because you're also not looking at the lens. You're not looking. I mean, looking at the monitor, so you yeah. don't know how the performance is. So you're kind of being self very self conscious when you're doing it. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, we've got uh, a project coming up where both of us are on camera. We do? We do. It's a new course. Ah, the new course. The new yes. course, yeah. Now, I get the easy part because I'm the host, so I just deliver the lines and read off the teleprompter. But you've got some performing. I do. got some. Well, I don't know you've if you would call it performing. It's just like me being silly in front of the camera. I think my stuff is easier because it's just like, man, just do whatever. You delivering lines. I can't do that. I'm not very good at that. I really? can rift, yeah. but I can't really... Deliver, when I deliver lines, it sounds like a robot. Right. And that's, uh, it's just, I can't do it. Do you think with more practice you'd be able to do it? If or? I was able to do it, I would have been a star in Hong Kong. You would have. I would you have. got the Michael Wong look going already. I got the Michael Wong you look. Could have at least, yeah, you do when you talk up yeah. on this <laughs> uh, You go ahead and Google Michael Wong, or I'll put a picture in the notes. I think I'd done that before as you well. You did that before? Yeah. I, think I did not know that. Well, I'll do great. it again. Oh, man. Um, do you enjoy it then, overall? Do I enjoy, what, acting? Yeah. I... I do. Um, I think if if I had more practice, I would really enjoy it. Like I, I like you. The reason why I got into this whole thing started when I was in high practice school. Practice or training, both. Yeah, both. I mean, there are some people who have no training and right. they just practice and they just get it right. But uh, I mean, I started. The reason why I kind of fell into this industry is because I was, I was excelling in drama class in high school. Oh, I was wow. destroying it. I was killing yeah. it. I got. 80% 
And that's because I didn't write the the final essay that was gonna cost me twenty percent. I'm like, screw it. I'll, you had I'm to do an essay in drama class. Yeah, at the very end, it was like grade twelve or <clears throat> OEC drama. And I had to write an essay, and it was worth twenty percent of the marks. And I'm like, I'm, I got eighty. I got I'm perfect score. It. I'm out. Didn't bother writing it. <laughs> Boom. That's badass. Boom. That's bad. That's badass theater right there. That's is badass, what badass Yeah. Yeah. So I could act, and at that time, because I was doing it constantly every week. I really, really enjoyed it. But now because, you know, lines, are, I can't do lines. I yeah. can improv, but I can't do lines. Lines are hard. Um, I did a little bit of improv myself with Second City. So wow. So that helped. Did you know that? No, I, I don't remember it. That I think helped you probably me, told me free me up there uh, to have confidence to ad lib. Did you? And did also you, to work with another person. Why did you go into uh, Second City? What well, was I love your, comedy, right? You, right. Know, you know I love comedy. And I thought maybe I could... I should, I should at least explore this, mm-hmm. see how far I can take it. I should have taken it farther. I didn't. Why did you not? I forget. Because you love it. I know you did stand-up and everything, and it, yeah, you're I fantastic. I love that, that stuff. Thank you. That was, that was short-lived, you know, yeah. like two years on that or whatever. That's hard. That's really hard, just because you have to write so much material. That's true. you have true. to just keep working at it. Yeah, but it. you're good at it. I mean, hey, uh, for those who haven't seen it, you guys, you got to put a link on. I'll put a link. Okay, there's a, a YouTube link, link of Dean Rainey doing stand-up in Hong Kong, and it's fantastic. I yeah, absolutely love it. But the problem is it, it looks easier than it really is. Oh, it's not easy at all. No, no. Because I remember bombing. You remember bombing? Oh, for sure. So when I saw you, you already didn't, you're past the bombing part. No, I, you're never past the bombing part or heckle, but there's never, you're never past a bad night true. or a bad okay, show. Okay, fair enough, because fair enough. I've, done different rooms right different crowds different crowds yeah and what works for them doesn't work for others yeah but it certainly gave me empathy for you know talent and creatives and people who are putting themselves out there uh you know like actors right and that i enjoyed it but i think my wife was just like you know what you get so upset so anxious before a show you can't eat you can't talk to me i couldn't talk to her for three hours because i'd just be What's running my set? I've my seen head. you like that before. Uh, you were doing a, a, a set on uh, our creative director Bill's wedding, and I did. S- I? You did his wedding. He asked oh, you to do I something about that. Yeah. You were great, but just leading up, you couldn't eat. You couldn't do anything. I'm like, dude, no, relax. I'm relax. a mess. I'm a mess. And then I think I tried. Uh, then I realized that you're a mess, and I started messing with you even more, which makes me more of a mess. Yeah, yeah. And it was I don't even want to be talked to. Yeah, I was so entertained just watching you being a mess. It was yeah. great. <laughs> And so I just, my wife said, you know, I think you need to think about this because this isn't fun for me. (laughs) She liked going to the shows. And afterwards, of course, I'm just high as a kite, you know, because you're just going off the the crown. Yeah, you just feel great and you go for drinks and then you kind of come home and you're just like, yeah, that was awesome. But then the next time you got to do it, it's a whole thing again. again, And I just thought this isn't, so I'm not made for this. I don't think I'm made for this. And then. But you did it and you, you know, you tried it, which is good. Yeah. No, I tell you, it gets me respect. Mm Mm-hmm. Because people say, you went up there, wow, and you did oh, it. Oh, yeah. I, and, I could and, see myself cowarding out going, oh, no, 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 that's not me. You know, a lot of people go up there and do other people's jokes or whatever. Like, this was material that I had written. Yeah. And do you know how, like, when a rock band comes out, they do their debut album, and it's usually just, it just rocks the world. Like, it's a great, like, uh, critically and uh, commercially, a lot, you know, these bands make these first albums are just awesome. Right. Because they've had their whole life to make that one album. But then as soon as they have to make the second album, they have like 12 months <laughs> to make that second album. Yeah, right? yeah they got to rush the follow-up. Yeah. So they got to rush the sophomore. And it's usually a flop because yeah. they don't have that. It's just not this journey that they went on for that first album. Oh, it's yeah. It's a different there. angle altogether, yeah. right? So it's never as good. Maybe the third and fourth they go on. But that's what I felt. I kind of worked up to a good 15-minute set, mm-hmm. 15, 20 minutes. I could do solid. And that 
but then after that, I was having a hard time coming up with new material. Right. I was having some, and then there was a lot of politics too, as well, as well with the club. And I just, <laughs> you know, me and politics of any nature, I get wrapped up in that. And then yes. I, I was like, I have to get out of here. Right. This is not good for me. That's not for you. That's not for me. But it got me respect and it, it really helped me, I think, creatively. Yeah. You know, being quick on my feet and crafting jokes and punchlines and stuff like that. Right. So, I mean, with the, with the fact that you've been on stage, you've done this stuff, and, you know, I've done my kind of high school acting and stuff like yeah. that. I guess we do have a form of respect for those who, who can stand in front of camera and perform on cue. It's not just, like, do it when you want to. It's do it when we say action. Yeah. Bring it. Yeah. Yeah, that's not easy. Uh, no, it's certainly not easy. I do get frustrated with amateur talent. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm frustrated with them so much as I'm just frustrated with the situation. The situation. It's like, what why do, do we not have a proper actor to do this? So I don't have to work <laughs> so hard <laughs> to get something out of this person and, and you know, neglect all this other stuff that I'm also worried about. Yeah. Because I'm just trying to get this one dude to get the tone right on this one line. Yeah. I mean, speaking of that, being just playing multiple roles of, like, you know, you have to now focus on teaching them how to act and not just directing. It's two things, yeah. right? Teaching and acting. Uh, you know, even in Jesse's thing, he talks about like him being the DP of his own shoot versus not. Ideally, it's preferable to just play that one role. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't see that because, no. I mean, in this day and age, we're seeing a lot of one-man bands. But and he's right. He's absolutely he's right. Absolutely he's going right. to talk about that. And I see like even when I go into certain shoots with clients, sometimes they're like, well, why can't you just come yourself and just operate a camera? Some people do that. They operate a camera and they direct it the interview and whatnot, right? And I realize you could do that, but chances are the stuff will come out mediocre. Yeah, something will suffer. Yeah, something will suffer. I mean, if you're if I'm doing the interview and I'm running camera, who's watching the actual camera when I'm doing the interview, right? And you'll never know. I've had stuff come out and realize, oh, it's soft, it's out of focus. You never know. Yeah. And can you really ask questions when you're thinking or even you can ask the first question, but can you have the proper follow up question when your mind is wondering if the camera or the lights are operating properly? I know. It's yeah. not It's not the same. It's mm-hmm. not the same. Well, Jesse gets into some of that in his interview. It's a great interview. Uh, he really walks us through how he got from an ad agency to... Directing commercials. On a production company. Yeah. yeah. So Jesse gets into a little bit of that in this interview. And so without further ado, let's go to the tape. There you go.
Okay. So let's roll here. So what do you tell people that you do when you meet them at parties? Because I, I assume you socialize with people who are not industry people. Yeah. I've begun calling myself a director. Okay. You've gone for it. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> so it's nice. It, it's good. I feel like I'm starting to have the work to back it up because I was always hesitant to call myself anything because of, uh, you know, just insecurity. Right. Right. <laughs> and also... Yeah, I guess not wanting to show off. I don't know what it is, but I'm always hesitant to call myself anything because I don't feel like I'm anything yet. <laughs> but you're getting paid yes. to do what you do. Yeah. Yeah. How did you get into this line of work, uh, directing? Because right now you're concentrating, I guess, on commercials. Yeah. Uh, web content, I would guess, too. Or? Yeah, mostly. Because that's where everything's going. Yeah. Yeah. How did you get into this line uh, of work? Well, I guess if I go, I, I sort of tell people that it's come full circle from when I was a kid because it probably just started probably like you when your parents had a video camera yep. at home yeah making stupid videos and and that sort of stuff so I I grew up doing that all the time and then when I was a teenager started doing photography and getting into that and then you know making posters for bands and stuff so all creative things and then I went to school for design because I went with the posters thing and sort of that led to that and then I went on a tour of agencies and design places in Toronto as a student we went to an ad agency called Leo Burnett and they were making like just a little shop a little shop a little little agency (laughs) Uh, we went there for a tour and they were making five alive commercials that they showed us that were just super zany I don't know what year it would have been like early early 2000s yeah and I'm like, this is what I want to do. Because all the design people were just like stuck at desks. And it was super <laughs> boring. So then I decided, oh, I want to be an advertising art director. So I did that. Um, I mean, you, you knew you were okay to go into advertising. You know, usually you want to make movies. Mm-hmm. You want to make TV series, TV shows. But you were drawn right into that work. Well, yeah, it wasn't. Well, because I'm. I'm 34 now and sort of feelings like I'm beginning to get established as a director. I feel like I'm maybe a decade behind, but I followed this really zigzaggy path to get things. And I wasn't looking that far ahead. Really? You know, it was just sort of, oh, commercials are funny. So funny commercials are. (laughs) So I want to be an art director. And then I ended up working in agencies for about 10 years. And, uh, you know, some things, (laughs) sometimes some projects got boring and they weren't all the funny commercials and stuff so i started thinking oh i want to be on the other side i want to be you know post agency or not really post agency but post concept when it's sold through all of the strategy and the focus groups are all done and i just want to make and so then i i ended up in photography so sort of going back to my photography of my teens and then now i'm almost full-time directing so it's back back to film sort of a big circle big circle so how how did it work when you're at agency you're an art director did they pair you with a copywriter yep and then you guys just flesh out ideas concepts you pitch yeah it was like super traditional for you know sort of big agencies where i was i was an art director and i worked with a writer and we would just come up with concepts pitch them to clients did you enjoy it because i know agency work can be hard long hours and stressful Oh, it's, uh, I think it's sort of a young man's game. Yeah. Because <laughs> at the time I was living in Parkdale in Toronto, when I first started out, I worked at this agency called Taxi. And uh, everyone was there at like eight at night. And I was new, I was single. And, you know, 
they were like an award-winning agency and you know I'm working with those people whose names I saw in all my favorite commercials and so you want to work till nine it doesn't matter you right. just go home and you sleep and then you come back to work the next day yeah you know but as I uh, I got married fairly young and we have lots of kids lots <laughs> <laughs> so as you as you get to that point you start sort of needing a balance and advertising is pretty tough game especially if you're a creative because they just push you and they dangle sort of the carrot of awards in front of you yeah. you know winning these can lions and and one show pencil awards and stuff that bait sort of lost its you know glow for me so I thought awards don't pay the rent exactly and uh, I don't know it, it, it can get obscene at a certain point of just wanting to win awards you yeah. know because it's a it's a balance of things of you know wanting to do good work for your client and um, sort of helping your client do good work but there's also this other part in in ad agencies where they're always it almost feels like you're trying to trick your client into <laughs> doing a crazy idea just that'll just win awards and you know deep down it's not going to do a thing it's not going to sell it's not going to do a product but (laughs) yeah or or you look through these big award shows and you're like this never ran there's no (laughs) way this ever ever happened are the clients catching on to that those ads that you say oh they never ran those are called dog walker ads you know it's like you found a client you did an ad and you just asked them permission to make this (laughs) ad and they ran it one time in the back of a now magazine or something i think award shows are onto those yeah you know they're onto it and and a lot of agencies are just sort of backing off from that and just saying you know we just got to do good real work so the award shows i go to now you see more work that feels real getting awarded you know that's really good work which is a good thing to see because most clients would be like Hey, if I'll move more product, I just want my phone number on the screen for 30 seconds. Yeah. (laughs) And we got to steer them away from that. Yeah, there's a balance. (laughs) There's a balance for sure. I had a a conversation with a client a couple weeks ago just about working with another client in the past who was literally looking at some white space on a newspaper ad pointed to that said why am i paying five thousand dollars for that square inch of white so there's a balance too with clients where i think all that energy you put into doing award-winning work you should put a little bit of that into working with your clients to help them understand what you do and you know help them become more creative people to understand sort of that balance because really it's about connecting with the receiver of that ad on the other end the audience yeah. And your telephone number is just not going to do it. It doesn't really oh, for sure. tell a story or make a connection. That... Oh, for sure. So talk about, let's talk about your move from behind the scenes as an art director into directing. Yeah. You know, film was always something I wanted to end up in. So I guess I did sort of have a long view to that. I did it all the way through. Even when I worked in agencies, I'd always make internal videos. Yeah. And I'd try to make them as entertaining as possible and as funny. Just like the funny videos I made as a teenager. Um so that was always happening in the background, and photography was always happening in the background. Um, and photography, as I was sort of like getting antsy as an art director, photography seemed like the most reasonable step. Some people at the time told me I'm crazy, like no one's ever going to make money as a photographer. Because of sort of the current state of the industry with just an influx of so many people yeah. calling themselves photographers. Yeah. And well, it was sort of the, the rise of the digital camera yeah. for everything, right? First, first it came for photographers, <laughs> which I was a, very much a part of. And then it came for 
directors, which I was a part of as well. So I can't, I, I have to be thankful for that yeah. because that's what got me in. I was on a wave of photographers who came in, but it was really just the, the democratization of the, the gear that allowed me to even practice and find out that, yeah, I can do this. So I, I worked with a lot of photo agents, you know, when I would do an ad and need to hire a photographer for, uh, for work, I worked with a lot of photo agents. So I, was pretty candid in asking them, hey, what does it take? And working towards that. And also working with photographers, learn how they work and learn the technical side too of Photoshop and sort of, uh, you know, <laughs> cheat them into giving me their like layered Photoshop files so I could see how they went through. Ah, sneaky, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and just saying, hey, can we work it? Can we uh, do the retouching in person and stuff? You know, I'm, I'm pretty candid about that, but it's really just about, you know, learning and picking up information. And I thought I would learn the best if I'm literally sitting beside some of these, some of the most talented photographers in Canada. That's a great tip for people is get in <laughs> yeah. face to face and yeah, see the files, see the people at work and watch, pay attention. For sure. It, it, it's the most amazing thing. And, you know, I, even now as a director, I hire DP cinematographers to shoot the stuff and and really I'm studying how they're lighting things and and all of that stuff because it's the best form of school that you could ever have is working with people absolutely so I guess that going back to me being as an art director that's what I was doing the whole time is just looking at how people work and you know doing they say doing is the best way of, to learn so and then you started pitching yourself to these agencies that you knew and said hey uh, let me take some photos is that, is that how it came yeah, so I, I worked with uh, photo reps who would, I, I would want a photographer for a certain ad that I uh, was working on as an art director. And so I would talk to different studios in Toronto. There's a few big um, photo reps and they have a sort of a stable of photographers that they, that they represent. So you would sort of pick someone who has the, the right look or vibe for it. And uh, I would learn... Um, yeah, and, and you would just pick who was right for the job. And, and so these, these photo reps, I sort of got a relationship with them. Uh, partially, <laughs> it's partially a little one-sided because they're trying to sell to me. So right. they want to be really friendly with me. And so I, I see that I'm like, oh, this is an opportunity for me to like get some good information from them. So you sort of learn how their business works. So I was working with a certain photo uh, photographer's agent a, a lot. And she's representing me at the moment still, ever since I jumped from being an art director. So um, she sort of helped me get my portfolio into gear. And so that mixed with my agency experience, mixed with uh, a lot of contacts in advertising. The, the advertising industry in Canada is super small. So you people, and I think the average turnover in agencies is like two years for a creative. Oh, really? Yeah, so they're in a... a Where are they going? Are they going to other agencies? To or other they, agencies. Yeah. So that's really the only way to get a raise in advertising. Yeah, I think so. So the turnover is huge, but what that means is within like four years of working, you know someone at every agency in the country. And so it's funny, I'll go into an agency even today and I'll be walking in to pitch a project and I'll like, it's all very open concept. So you'll make con eye contact with like four people that you worked with and wave at them who you've worked with in the past or met at some point. Yeah, so knowing that community and having an agent for legitimacy reasons that sort of kickstarted me into um, 
doing a lot of photography. Because you, well, you, sorry, you did it in a very traditional way, mm-hmm. like an old school way. You made the transition, but it, it goes against pretty much what everybody else is doing right now. Most people are just like, I'm buying gear and I'm going to start my own company mm-hmm. and I'm just going to start making videos for people. And I'm gonna take on every job that I have to take, and you didn't. What did What did you do? You You had a, an agent, yeah, that said, "Hold tight, yeah, we're gonna do this the traditional way." Well, kind of, but it what it kind of saved me from doing is having to start by doing weddings yes. or something like yeah. that. You know, I sort of skipped through that, and I was never good with that on the fly stuff. Well, I gotta think going from weddings to top shelf commercials, it, that's a long journey. Yeah, that's a very some people don't ever get out of wedding videos. It, and and it's fine. hard. And when but, photographers were asking me for advice, the first thing I'd tell them to do with their website is take all the wedding stuff yeah. off your website. It just <laughs> makes you look low grade. Because art directors, they want to hire some fine artist or yes. whatever. So it's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a marketing thing to do that. But you, me being an art director, I sort of knew the nuance of what were the alarm bells of someone who wasn't legit were. Yes, and, and I'm the first to admit that I'm not the best photographer around, but I, I knew to steer my portfolio in a certain way. And a part of the, th- the other thing I did as I was an art director, sort of transitioning into photography, because it sort of sounds like I just sort of talked my way into having a rep and all of that stuff, but you, you still have to do the work. One of the things yeah. that I did um, was... I started a back when blogs were the thing to have. I started a food blog, me and my wife, because we were trying to. We, we had young kids now, and we wanted to feed them right. So I thought, oh, it would be a great photo exercise to go to farms and you know buy food from butcher shops and stuff, and also take my camera along. And that really was the sort of the forced exercise that got me doing portraits of people, you know, really on the fly portraits of people. And, you know, building a story out of a, tri- a Saturday trip to a farm or something. Yeah. And that at the time, like around, I guess, 2010, you know, all this beautiful food blogs and stuff were really huge. And so it looked really well and it, it sort of helped me um, get into photography in a, in a legit way because people would look at our blog and all the photography is really nice and say oh we want you to shoot this food thing for a big brand or this so that was sort of one of the things that one of the exercises I did while I was still an art director it ate up our weekends but it was sort of a part of that transition plan to become a photographer and, and it says something about niche too because mm-hmm. right away you're doing these food photos and then who's calling people to do food products. And I yeah. see that the commercial industry works like that a lot. For sure. You know, you got guys that do car commercials, guys that do comedy spots. Where, where do you see yourself uh, in that? Have you, just, have you settled on a niche? Uh, well, really, quite honestly, because of the food photography, I, I would say it's sort of like it was lifestyle food. So it wasn't just, you know, a cheeseburger with the perfect cheese on it. It was really... You know, going to a farm, taking a picture of the food, and then we prepare it at home. And so it's very sort of step back, lifestyle-y, you would call it. Um, what was your question again? Well, have you, have you settled on a niche, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, my niche became that at the beginning for my photography. And to this day, I just did a shoot last week where it was, you know, stock photos for a car company for them to just have a stock library. And it's all very lifestyle-y and 
the lighting they're referencing all comes from that blog, but it's like people in a service bay <laughs> in, a, in a car dealership. So it's still my photography is very much that sort of backlit, like yeah. uh, lens flare, lifestyle, nice warm lifestyle. Um, and my film started out like that, but I'm trying to push it towards more comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Quirky. I see some quirky yeah. spots that you put yeah. up. So yeah. I'm really pushing towards those now, you know. I noticed, I think I saw, okay, you had uh, a series of spots with people getting hit in the face with yeah. fish. Yeah. That was great. Uh, and then another one where uh, you're talking about uh, the bank or financial services. And she says, I, why did, when did the time come when you yeah. care more about your profits than my whatever? Yeah. So when those are very portrait-like, right? You have a static shot, single person, an actor doing that. Do you DP those two as well? Or do you bring somebody in for those? Uh, not always, not always. Uh, the fish slap one was a commercial for Highliner. I DP'd those. Yeah. And, you know, it really comes down to budget. If I can, especially if there's a performance involved, I'll push to get a DP on it. Just so... So you can focus on the performance. Yeah, so I yeah. can focus on the people. That's all I really care about. Yeah. You know, it's just... Well, it's not all I care about, but it's... That sounds totally wrong. <laughs> it's all I want to care about on set. Sure, that's fair. Yeah. You know, so... Um, if someone else can do a better job DPing than me, which they always can, uh, so I can focus on the performance, that makes the whole spot way better. Yeah. You know, whereas if I'm distracted looking at lights and stuff, it'll lower. The more jobs I have, like on, in that actual moment, uh, the, it keeps dropping the production value in the end down a notch, I feel. I think that's true. Yeah. So more recently, I have not been DPing as much. Yeah. You know, just because it's nice to have someone I'll, I'll even do i'll do b camera you know yeah. as, as a director i'll say you know if, if people are really wanting to make sure we get coverage on something that is docu style i'll say oh I'll, I'll do a b camera i don't really use it that much but it's nice because i can it's just my little a7 that i can turn on and are you shooting with the a7s now as well or i have the a7r which is basically because of my photography right so it's got like awesome resolution and the video is pretty good on it we're shooting everything now with the a7s too yeah it's a pretty nice camera yeah yeah pretty nice um when you're working with those portrait shots and you've got the talent there like how much direction do you give them they've got one line yeah give, give us a little director's clinic here how do you work your way through that and what do you do in like 12 different takes 20 takes different expressions you get in the post you start making decisions there or are you pretty clear when you walk in on set um, those, uh, those spots were like six seconds, I think, yeah. or something super short. I think they were 10 seconds, but like the, the actual scene was six. But when you have, you know, when you have like an hour to, to shoot those, you're going to run maybe 50 takes. <laughs> you're going to get into David Fincher territory yeah, on the takes. Um, but really it's just, you run them as a series and, and people will, will give, give you a pretty good variation. As far as directing, I like to be pretty, I like to be pretty light on the direction. Even when casting comes in, I try not to tell them too much because you're always surprised in casting. You know, you're always surprised by uh, what someone will bring from their gut reaction, you know? They read the script a certain way, so, um, whenever people come in, I'll give them just sort of general guidelines of how I want it, but I want to hear their read the first time. 
and then I'll start pushing. <laughs> and with some people, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a scale from like as little direction as possible to see where they naturally go down to like line reading at talent, which is the worst thing you can yeah. do as a director. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you get down there or you just need a certain tone or a vibe. So, but I think if you allow people the in-between rather than just starting off by saying, I want it this way right. and saying you have no value with what you bring, as long as you start with acknowledging their value as, as an actor and seeing what they bring and then working with that, um, you can get to a place where you're line reading for them, um, but you're just working with them at the same time. Do you like actors generally? Do you feel empathy for them? Do you feel, it sounds like you do. Oh, I feel horrible empathy for them. Because <laughs> some directors don't. Some of them view them as a tool. As a, it could be a kino or it could be an actress on set. And I just need you to do the line, we move on, you know? Yeah. Well, I have a philosophy on set. And it's part of, you know, back when I was an art director, just watching how directors work. And I saw some who worked really great. And I saw others who were just brutal. And it was like, um, they were like hemming and hawing over everything. And everything was like, not right and and it was uh i felt like walking over to them all the time and saying hey it's just advertising <laughs> you know it's like it's <laughs> not a big, big deal smile on your face there <laughs> um so i kind of from the safety of the craft service table yeah. on the agency side come over and say that yeah I, I felt like a lot of directors take it way too seriously or they get worked up really easy they have a a, a bad temper and Where do you think that comes from? Is there stress from the client agency? Is it just their own internal struggle? I don't know. I, I kind of wear, I try to wear my inexperience on my sleeve a little bit and ask for, you know, my philosophy is to have a really open set and ask for input. Like I, I try to be as collaborative. I also try to be as decisive as possible. Yeah. You know, like I'll, I'll ask if people have any suggestions. I'll ask my DP. I'll ask the agency how they're feeling. Uh, but I'll also be decisive. If someone tells me a really terrible idea, I'm not going to do it. Right. <laughs> but um, I think keeping it open and keeping that openness with your talent and that positivity is really important. Because I, you know, I never worked well under pressure. Like right. Who does? I yeah. So my my philosophy is to have it always have a positive set and i i don't even let people like whisper you know sometimes someone will come over to me and like whisper oh, what do you what do you think about should we do and and i'll just repeat what they said to the talent hey they're feeling this way what can we do you know because i want to keep it constructive i want to keep all the feedback open and on the table and say how can we solve this so yeah my philosophy is not to be too precious or too too much of a diva on set because it it's so distracting yeah you know really at the end of the day i just want to go home and see my kids <laughs> you know like i don't want to get worked up right so uh, so you're, you have a good practice of not taking that work home with you as best you can <laughs> my wife will disagree because sometimes <laughs> it's you know sometimes my mind is just consumed like really walking into a shoot day i'm really the only one who knows how this commercial looks and it's all in my head yeah and I, I do a lot of presentations to, to help the agency visualize it, help the clients visualize it. But really, at the end of the day, it's all in my head. So that comes with a huge amount of stress, especially when you're walking into a, a shoot day that, you know, is like a $150,000 
shoot day. That's what that day will cost. Yeah. So I try not to even think about that, you know, and just focus on, you know, what is what are the things that are going to make this a successful day and do my best. And I feel like having that positivity and openness on set, you know, making the agency feel like they're on the same team as you, not that I'm some artist trying to do my own thing. I think that all is my insurance and helps me with that, manage that stress, you know, like by staying open, by being open to suggestions. Um, I think that helps give me mental, <laughs> it puts my mind at ease and gives me a little bit of like insurance in my gut that we're going to have a good day. You're responsible, as you say, for all the decisions on set. Basically, that's what a director's job is. When people yeah. say, what does a director do? It's just basically making decisions mm -hmm. all day long about yeah. everything. What do you do when there's a performance or a take or something, and you know it's not quite right, but you don't know what's wrong with it? How do you deal with that kind of stuff? I, I generally feel pretty good with talent, you know, with, the, with what I'm getting from them, and I, I, I feel pretty confident that I can get what I'm looking for out of them. A part of it comes from me just, you know, really running those lines in my own head in a certain way and trying to give them the right motivation, I think I'm fairly successful getting what I want, you know, and just trying to like nudge talent and, you know, let them try it again and just give them really light sort of motivation on how to like push it in a certain direction, you know, just, just being subtle and being positive and letting them try it again. I notice that when I work with talent, the first time they give any line read, it's really awkward because they're hearing it for the first time yeah. ever, right? Like they're, they're, they're moving their mouths and spewing this line in a way that they don't know how it's going to sound. It sounds a certain way in their head, but when it comes out of it. So I think really it's just patience, not giving them too much feedback, letting them work it out, giving them the motivation, letting them work it out themselves in their head and through takes, um, and then just sort of pushing them in a direction. I think you'll get somewhere good. I think it's just a bunch of like really light touches that'll push someone in a good direction. Have you ever done a project that didn't turn out quite the way you envisioned? Uh, I would have to say none of them turn out <laughs> the way I envisioned. Some for better, some for uh, worse? or Some for better mm -hmm. and some for worse. There are a couple that I'm like, yeah, this is what I wanted. And there are others where, because there are about a million variables on any film set, most of them don't. And for me, I still feel like I'm very young as a director. So a part of it is I have this idea of what it could look like in my head. And then I compare that to what it ended up actually looking like in my head. Uh, and I just use it as a learning thing. I'm pretty hard on myself in my own head. So when I watch a commercial, I tend to just look at what I could have done better for the next time. And I try to keep it positive in my head so I just don't hate myself. Sure. <laughs> and just say, okay, what could I have done better next time? So for, for the most part, I'm, I'm confident that I will have a good product at the end, but I know that I can always improve. When you are looking at these commercials and you see them, what are you paying attention to? Uh, the performances? Are you paying attention to the graphics, the kind of look and feel of it too, because you have the strong graphics background? Do you pay a lot of attention to that? Uh, when I'm looking at my commercials? Yeah. <laughs> well, in a super practical aspect, my art director background makes it pretty easy 
to work with ad agencies because I know where supers need to go. I know where everything needs to go. So that's like the super practical side. Yeah. It's like, they just need to tell me when it's photography or, or film, they just need to tell me, um, show me a layout. And, and so when I shoot that, coming from an art director uh, background, I know that in order for it to be successful, it has to work around these parameters. You know, the very physical, where the headline is going to be. So I have that. That's a very pragmatic design application for my job. But the, then the other one, too, is just, it's just framing, you know? Um, and it's just composition. And that's where the other aspect of design comes in into the work, where you just get to really play with the composition and, and nail it down. Because... You know, there, there aren't really any rules with design. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And whenever you're framing a shot, that's where I apply my design the most is just, you know, getting that frame so it just clicks. So it just works, works well, you know, getting that, you know, that distance to the subject and where they are in the frame. Um, it can have a lot of meaning in a, in a commercial, in a scene. So that's the other aspect of design. And then with your background and working with agency, does that make... Deal. It sounds like it because you're not really here complaining about dealing with agency, which I do hear from a lot of commercial yeah. directors. Is having that experience, that background, kind of make it? You speak their language. You know what they're going after. I mean, I'm sure there's the odd time you have conflicts, but generally, oh for sure. Um, any tips for dealing with agency client on set? Uh, just I try to be as empathetic on set as I can, whether it's with actors where I don't just sort of badger them or bully them, even my crew. Cause I know that um, if I can make people care about what we're doing, you'll get way, a way better job rather than just having someone just wanting to get through the day. Um, and it's, you know, any, any legitimacy in a commercial just comes from the sum of all of those details working together. So um, that includes working with the agency, um, you know, just having empathy for their position. You know, a lot of times they're the bad guy in a lot of directors or uh, photographers' minds because they're not letting you realize your vision or whatever it right. is. So I think having a little bit of humility as a director and knowing that it's just advertising, like you're not making art, you're just making a commercial, um, starting with that and, um, and sort of seeing where they're coming from because uh, generally you have to work with a, a creative from an agency who has to answer to their accounts department who then has to answer to their uh, their clients and it's a it's a huge group so anything that you ask them to change it reflects on them you know it becomes their fault if it screws up or something right so I think you know just being really honest with people and being open and trying things and humoring them but also really working hard to explain what you're trying to do that that's going to make your life so much easier that's a part a part of it and a part of the benefit of coming from an ad agency background is i know how all of these people think and so it helps me frame the things i want to do better and explain to them why i need to do something um, where i i worked at with photographers and directors in the past who just wanted to do things in a random way and I didn't understand and they weren't explaining themselves and it just doesn't make a good set. So I think taking the time to put the work in, to build a plan, to make sure that the agency's happy and then build a little bit of trust. And if you really feel convicted to try something, um, ask permission to try it and they'll give it to you. 
and they'll feel better about it rather than you going off and trying something which they see as you wasting their their day and their money. But if you've done what they've asked, buy yourself that permission to right. try something else. And I do that all the time, you know, and I'm very honest with it. Um, just on the shoot I did last week, you know, they wanted something one way and I felt differently about it. And um, we were shooting pretty efficiently that day. So I said, hey, can I try it out? Let's try it your way and then I'll try my way. And you know what, we'll, we'll see how it looks in the edit. And that, that's how I frame it, you know, it's more options. <laughs> and that's the way to sell more options. <laughs> that's oh, the yeah. way to sell anything to an agency or a client. You will get more options. Give, give any more options here, yeah. yeah. So, how did it turn out? Have you seen? Is yours you, a little bit better? <laughs> I'm not going to say, but um, they both work. And, and, some, and, and sometimes the way I'm seeing it works because for this project, I'm doing the offline for it. So I know, I know I need a shot that is a certain way to lead into another shot. So a part of it is just me shooting for that edit and ensuring that I know I have what I need. Yeah. So I just have to do it sometimes. Do you enjoy working in such a short format? 30 seconds, 15 seconds. I think so. I think it's great. You know, I've never really done anything that's super long format where you get to develop a character. <laughs> like a, I guess a movie. I've never done a film, like a proper film. So, yeah. uh, Would you like to? Oh, I'd love to. For sure. That's where I want to end up eventually. That's where you're working towards. I guess so. Yeah. For sure. It's. I, I, I'm sort of like a... I don't know what you... A late bloomer, not a late bloomer, maybe a slow bloomer of like moving from one thing to the next and trying not well, you're to. You're 34, get... that's still a baby <laughs> on most. I know, but I'm working with ad agency creatives who are like 22. Yeah. Which is where I was, you know, when I started. Yeah, and you've stepped out, you've yeah. gone to the next level. Yeah, so I know that I haven't been stagnant for yes. the past 10 years, but it's a slow move and I, I, have, a, I have a few. Um, ideas for short films that I'm sort of brewing and hoping to develop a bit over the holidays. To do your own and, and, yeah. and sort of just like, let's do this, let's shoot it yeah. and post it and we'll just have some fun with it. You're not really like, look, I got some concepts. I'm going to try to get pitch myself as a no. film director or anything. Uh, I think, <coughs> you know, a part of it is, you know, I've, I've worked as a director for a while. And so I have, you know, I have people I'd be comfortable saying, hey, can we work for an afternoon and color this, you know, at a good, great coloring facility? Or uh, I'm starting to meet actors that I'd be willing to call for a bit and just self-finance little things, you know, yeah. and just sort of like to see how they're feeling and see how that process is going and develop a few. Any thoughts on like, because what you're pursuing is, you know, pretty difficult. Yeah. Especially, and I say that just because it's Canada. <laughs> Yeah, there isn't a lot of movies. How do you like? So, what's your? I see your short-term plan. Then, like, what's your big-term plan? Like, it's a tough industry here, just because of the lack of industry. I would say. You know, and to be honest, I don't know too much about the film industry as a whole. I'm just starting to sort of stick my nose into what's going on film-wise. Do you I'm, mean as in the world, or do you mean in Toronto? I, I guess Toronto. Yeah. I, I've never, you know, I had people telling me, one of my teachers at college warned me you know after that trip when i went to tour like ad agencies and i said oh i want to be an art director he gave me a word of warning which was wise that said he said you won't get a job as a creative as an art director 
he said you won't get a job yeah. as a creative or an art director in an ad agency. Yeah, just warning because so many people try and the actual amount of people who end up in a yes. decent agency is so little. And And for me, I don't know whether it's just naivety or what, but I just kind of shrugged and I did it. I thought, you know, I thought I'm right for this. So I did it. And then I got that advice again when I was going to leave advertising to try to make a living as a photographer. It's like, are you insane? <laughs> Do you know that <laughs> photographers, it's like you're, you're, you're choosing the job that is a joke, you know, like everyone's cousin is a photographer, right? you know? So you, you think you're going to get legitimacy and, and make a living in there. And I did, and I still do. Would you ever consider, um, because so many people who make their living in Toronto, well, they don't make their living by directing feature films because there just isn't enough. Yeah. But they'll, you know, an hour of TV. A lot of movies of the week up there. A lot of TV series. Would you ever consider that? You come in as no. a... No. No, I didn't think so. <laughs> I didn't think so. But. That, I think that's, that's what advertising is. is. Advertising is that sort of... It's it's not art, and I would say like movie you, of the week is not you, art. Is not art at all. I don't. Oh. I think that's a little. Yeah, that is. <laughs> <laughs> Either don't put that in, or or put in that I feel really bad about saying that. Uh, I'd say a lot of it. I'd say a lot of it is craft, um, but you know, it's not like Citizen Kane. Like right. Citizen it's not highbrow. It's not yeah. highbrow. I yeah, got it. Yeah. yeah. And, but it's being paid to create. Yes. And it's narrative fictional working with actors it's all those things that go together and there isn't a call to action or a sale at the end so <laughs> usually correct yeah you've got me backpedaling it's okay would you is it because you want maybe sometimes these directors that are just hired you know the script is locked it's been through so many script doctors there's studio producers there's network producers you come in and you just basically execute would you want something that's more creative from you? Like something I, that you've written and put uh, yeah. together? I think what I'm getting at is is in commercials and what I'm doing is is learning like craft. You know? And and as far as art is concerned, I feel like a lot of those things and a lot of big blockbuster films, I don't consider them art films. Right. Yeah. I think that's fair. I would agree with you there. Yeah. So for me I think if I were to make a film, I would want it to be the film that I would want to make, you know, yes. and just starting from the bottom of, um, you know, developing my own ideas and seeing it through, even from self-financing it at the beginning, that's where I w would want to start to see if I can make that work, you know, because I don't know that I necessarily want to do a big, big movie, you know, that's not mine. You know, I feel or like... Or even go in for one week and direct an episode of television, you know, like uh, Rookie Blue or something. That's just not you, and that's fine, that's fair. Oh, I would do that for sure. I oh, think you would? That's well, that was my question. <laughs> okay. Um, I think if it's a part of learning learning that craft a bit more. Yeah. But I don't think, I think where I'm, where, I, I, don't, I don't want that to be the end game. Like, the sure. ultimate end game to me would be to make, and I'm sure it would be everyone's, would be to write and direct your own films, right? Till you get to my age and then you realize, yeah, no, I don't have it. It's done. I'm done. I'm done. I got kids. I got family. Um, yeah. So, so I as think... a 34-year-old, I look to you and I say, yes, do it. Do it. I'm cheering for you. And I'm already like stressing every night that I'm like, I'm so old and counting the gray hairs on my chin. Uh, I feel like 
I look at all these directors who like came out of film school as 18 year olds and make a feature at 21 <laughs> and make their career out of it. I That's at, a rarity though. I understand that. I totally do. But still it's, it's sort of an inspiration and I'm already past that point. So I, I think about like the different careers I've had where I've been an art director, a photographer, and now a director. It's like, do I have to keep that slow 10 year progression with everything? Or can I just like decide that with films, I'm going to make the films I want, you know, commercials. If I'm doing something for someone else, I already have that. That's commercials. So I, I'll let that live there. That's a really beautiful place for me to learn the craft of things, learn lighting and learn directing talent. Let that live there and let, let me just have my own thing for once. And if it doesn't take off, maybe I'll just be a career commercial director. And if it does, then it'll take off on my own terms. Yeah. And one aspect, you're getting paid for that work, but it sounds like the other one, you, you have to pay for it. <laughs> the yeah, first tip is uh, don't spend your own money. <laughs> On movies. <laughs> Find somebody else. What advice would you have for somebody who wants to do what you do? I would say just be patient, you know, to really think through what you want to do. I see so many people who want to do something and then they try it and then they give up or, you know, they change gears. Our world is super distracted <laughs> these days. So I would say to just... Um, really focus on what you want to do and be really honest with yourself about your value. You know, I've super, I've been convicted since I was like a teenager that I could be a director, you know, making videos and they always had a point. There was always a punchline, uh, which really helped me get into advertising because there's always a punchline, Yeah, you know, whether it's, you know, just the, call to action or whatever, but it, in some form, having some sort of story or punchline has carried through all my work. So I was honest with myself that I thought that's what I need to do. And I'm sort of making it happen. So I would say my advice would be to someone to, you know, find out what your strength is and really make it happen. Or not even what your strength is, what you really want to do and work at it. Because even if someone else is more talented than you, um, especially in advertising, people are always going to hire the person who they trust the most and who will do the job the best. And not everyone measures the best job based on the end result. A lot of it is measured on you know, how the process went, how kind you were, how reasonable you were, how professional you were. So there's all these different things that can add to it. So I'd say my advice would be if you're not like a uh, uh, virtuoso at anything, don't worry about it. Just focus on something and stick to it and keep working hard and be really honest with yourself of where you think you fit into that puzzle and it'll work out for you. And, and just meeting people. Do you feel disconnected because you're out here in the country? You're like an hour and a half. I know technology helps a little bit, but you know, everything's happening there in the big T dot. I do sometimes. Uh, but I'm, I'm sort of getting over that. You know, there's a lot of events and parties and things that I could go to. I really just pick, there's one big ad event I go to in Toronto every year where I can just sort of like see people and remind them that I exist. <laughs> um, and, and that's it. And, uh, and I just keep busy. 
people know I live out in the country and they think that's sort of a, an interesting thing. It's a quaint thing. That yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll go with that. It's all part of the brand. Yeah, for sure. So I'll go with that. And, uh, I make it very clear that I don't mind going into Toronto because, you know, going in once or twice a week is... Uh, is that pretty much what you do? Yeah. Once or twice a week you're driving yeah. in? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, I have to go in tomorrow for an edit to sit with the agency on this, these commercials we shot. And that'll be my... Well, that and then the uh, production company uh, Christmas party on Friday. So <laughs> that'll be twice this week. There you go. <laughs> Okay, so we end every episode with a film, television, video term. I throw okay. it out. You give me the definition. <laughs> I'll probably fail so you're bad. So, <laughs> I know you're so green at 34. Okay, here, here we go. The term is above the line. Is that like a general marketing term? No, it's a film. It's a film term. Okay, I don't know it for film. Uh, sort of when we were working in marketing, above the line was sort of like the the premium brand sort of advertising versus like retail. Very similar. Very similar. In film, it would be above the line would be all your uh, costs associated with major creative talent. So above the line would be directors, producers, actors. Those are all the people who submit an invoice. Versus timesheets. Exactly. <laughs> timesheets, you're below the line. Yeah, okay. okay. Anyways, there we go. So that's interesting that it's connected with kind of marketing. Above yeah. the line, below the line there. Well, the other the other definition I was going to give you, because I'm trying to give you something that you might not know. <laughs> and you didn't. So I, I win that one again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll give you another one now. Okay. Bridging shot. A bridging shot? Yeah. I think you used it already in this interview as well, a bridge shot. A bridge shot? Yeah, as a director, I'm asking you. <laughs> you know, your editor stopped by set and he's like, uh, oh, I think, I think we need a bridge shot. Just a shot to get you from one place to another. Exactly. Or yeah. time yeah. discontinued. It's funny because I didn't, I didn't go to film school or anything. So like every day on set, every day I'm on set, <laughs> I learn a new term. And I'm pretty self-deprecating when it comes to that because I don't know hardly anything. And I was trying to give trying to give our talent direction of which direction to turn. And the DP's like, just tell her to open up the camera. <laughs> and you're probably I'm like, like okay, yeah, 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 that's it. That's the term. That's the term. <laughs> so then I use it very loudly throughout the Everyone, day. Everyone, <laughs> open the camera. Any advice for people who are maybe directing and want to improve their craft? What kind of stuff should they concentrate on through the process? Where do you think? For me, it comes down to just prep. You know, the more, I, I feel like the more that you can prep before you step on set, the more prepared you are going to be on the day, the more confident you're going to seem on the day, the more answers you're going to have to questions on the day. There's some days when I don't feel like I had time to prep for things and it, you're flying by the seat of your pants. And there, there's a lot of like wishing and hoping because it is such a random process of, you know, filming something and then not really knowing what you've shot until yeah. you're in the edit. So I think really it's just prep, just prep. Don't let it just take you, you know, have a choice. Yeah, <laughs> have, have a, a say, choice. <laughs> have a say in the matter, you know, like push it in a direction, push yourself. That's good. It's good. Well, thank you, Jesse. This has been awesome. Hey, no problem. <laughs> I appreciate you I, I feel like it was pretty rambly. Well, there you have it, Jesse Sanko, talking about how he became a TV commercial director. Yeah. Again, there's a lot of stuff that he talks about that I completely relate with. You relate to that stuff, Absolutely, right? yeah. absolutely. Like, oh, from, from uh, dealing with talent, 
dealing with crew, you know, how yeah. making everybody feel like they should care about the production. Because it's true. Why should anybody care about the production unless they feel like they're a part of it and they're helping it form into what it will be, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So to me, that's an interesting thing. And it's like, you, you know, it's the idea of like being an asshole on set. You know, there's some directors out there that are assholes and there's some directors who really like try to, you know, be a part of the team kind of thing, even though they're the lead, you know? Yeah. What do you try to be? What do I try to be? Well, I try to hide the, the deficiencies I have by getting everybody else's input and just go, yeah, right, what he right, said, right. action. And then just be an asshole in your personal life. Yeah, I hope that comes through <laughs> properly, you know. <laughs> the older I get, the more of an asshole. It's like, just leave me alone. I think I'm confused for an asshole. You're like, con- I think I can be bossy and I can be strong. And, and then also I can be like quick and sharp, like I can just move on or something. Yeah. And so that might come off as like, wow, he's not a okay. very nice person. And I'm, I'm not too gentle. I've never told you this, but this is, this is who you are. You're an asshole with a heart. An asshole with a heart of gold. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we love you, man. That's why we love you. <laughs> yeah, I know. And the only thing I can tell myself to get through the day is, well, at least you get things done. Well, that's, that's it. Yeah. That's you all know, I okay. can. Here's the thing, right? Uh, as a young guy, like when I was young, going through as a PA and stuff like that, and you'll like go, man, that that producer or that boss, such an asshole and everything. But as you get older, you realize that what all he's doing is trying to get the shit done. Yeah. Right. As you and you realize, oh man, I'm becoming an asshole too. Right. I mean, the definition of asshole is kind of loose here, but you realize, okay, all he's trying to do is get things done so that the product is delivered, so that everybody can get paid. If you look at the essence of it. Yeah. So sometimes out there, if you're like, oh, man, that guy's an asshole. Well, think about why he's being an asshole. Right? It's just he just wants to get it done and it's for the better of everybody. Yeah, because there, there are those that will just frick with you just for the sake of fricking with you. Yes, and that's different. And I don't do that. No. But I certainly just want to get the job done and so I, I'm pushy. Yes. And, you know? you know, so if people understand the, the your objective, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to be the boss and be bossy. I know. There you go. I know. Try telling my wife that. <laughs> <laughs> So that does it for us here. Good to have Jesse Sanko on the show. Always, always a pleasure to reconnect with him. And uh, Berman, what, what do we got coming up? We got nothing coming up. We got nothing coming up. Uh, we no, got a few we, coming up. We got a few, few coming more. up. I don't know if you want to reveal anything yet, you know, but yeah, a few more interviews. If there's somebody out there or some job that you are interested in and you don't know anything about it, or if you've got an interesting person that you think we need to talk to who's got an interesting job in the media, let us know. You can find us at uh, videotwins.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Let's get a little input from you guys. Uh, if there's anything you want us to talk about, we are here. And we were thinking about maybe doing more of the pull back the curtain on our own production companies. Absolutely. I think a lot of people would be interested in that. I think so. You know, so if you have questions about, you know, pitching clients, working with clients, budgets, getting gear, basically running a production company, we are making ourselves available. Yeah. To answer your questions yeah so send it our way we'll take a look at it and hopefully we'll be able to get back to you yeah yeah all right well till then uh this is dean rainey this is berman lamb we're the video twins see you next time bye